Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast on all things magic and pop culture. everyone i'm liam the daughter hey i'm laura and the mom so what's up what's going on oh nothing love is in the air laura is it well i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's almost valentine's day it is yes yeah i don't like this holiday me neither no no well yeah are you bitter <laughs> no <laughs> yeah i guess i'm like know. yeah <laughs> i just try to like just pretend it's not happening. Of course, it's a little hard because there's like freaking hearts everywhere you go. I know. I hearts just, and candy and flowers. And I know. I just said that to you because we were out for my birthday a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. And I'm like, I hate that my birthday is so close to Valentine's Day because there's just like fucking pink shit everywhere and hearts and blah. I know. It's not my favorite holiday. No. We don't really do anything. It's maybe my least favorite besides Thanksgiving. Oh, I hate Thanksgiving. And Easter. I don't 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 like like Easter either. either. I hate pastels. I I know, (laughs) right? Right? Foiled pastels. (laughs) And and the brown, orange, yellow combo of Thanksgiving. I'm going mainly because of color palette. And and Valentine's Day is not a great red and pink. Not. Does that sound like my color palette? It does not. It does not. We don't even really do anything. Oh, no. I try to bury my head in the sand like an ostrich and pretend it's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) One year, Jake did bake me cookies. Did he? Yeah, that was nice. But we're on a cleanse this year, so don't do that or I'll cry. One week in. We're one week in. We're one week in. Feeling good. Yeah, feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling good. So do you have any embarrassing Valentine's Day stories? Because I have one. Do you? (laughs) Yeah, you were there for it. Was I? Yeah. All right. Remind me. Refresh the old memory. So... An ex-girlfriend of mine uh-huh. um, wrote me a song. <gasps> no, <laughs> wrote go, me a song. Go no further. <laughs> and recorded it on a tape. And, and sang it in front of us. Yeah. Yeah, you too. You were there. <laughs> you were I'm there. Always there. <laughs> it wasn't just a personal serenade. My mom yeah. was there, which was cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like recorded it, and mm-hmm. it wasn't good. I'm just, just going to say that. I actually thought about that a Did couple you weeks really? ago. Yeah, I thought, girl, she had some balls. You got to give her props because she just fucking went for she it. She went for it. <laughs> it was. Hey, if you're gonna go for it, fucking go for it. But it it will it will remain. She was not really embarrassing. An American Idol winner, but, <laughs> but a for effort. A for effort. Yeah, it was an original tune. It was an original. Yeah, it wasn't like she was, you know, singing <laughs> in your eyes or anything. No, it was an original tune. With the boombox, John Cusack. Right. That I would I would have liked that. But yeah. do you have any? I don't think I do. Oh, no. I don't think I have ever had somebody pay me any attention no, on don't. Valentine's Day. Don't, don't <laughs> make it sad. I'm not making it sad. Oh, Mom. So, would someone please? <laughs> There's a roof thatcher out there. I know it. <laughs> He's going to be a cancer. He probably lives in Ireland. <laughs> so if you're listening. No, I mean, it's just not... 
I just feel like it's so silly to celebrate a holiday that is like, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I say that by giving you flowers and candy. I just, I don't know. I feel like love is something that is every day and it's not grandiose gestures. It's, yeah. you know, it's the little things. The little and things. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I think you should celebrate love every single day and, you know, show people you care about them and it doesn't have to come from a Hallmark story, you know what I mean? Wow, put that on a t-shirt, quote unquote. <laughs> so if you're going to ask me if I like Hallmark movies, I can tell you the emphatically, no. No. <laughs> no. The answer is no. All right, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. It's, we're not bitter over here. <laughs> me, my like loving husband is sitting two inches away from me. I'm like, I fucking hate Valentine's <laughs> He's like, he's probably like, fuck yeah, I don't have to get you nothing. <laughs> he said that the other day. He's like, do you want me to get you anything? I was like, no. <laughs> like, I don't, it's silly. But yeah. hey, if you're not like us, have fun. Mm-hmm. Go out mm-hmm. and yeah. show some love. Move on over Valentine's Day because then my favorite holiday is coming, so... St. Patty's. That's right. St. Oh, Patrick's no. Day. Okay. And my favorite color, green, is everywhere. See, it's all about the color palette. I'm, I'm there right. for St. Patty's color palette. Green. <laughs> green, green, green. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah. with that, do you want to just jump into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Do you know what I'm doing today? I don't. Do I? I don't think so. Um, I'm doing the Evil Dead. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I put a poll on Instagram. Okay. And the Never Ending Story won, which I did last week. But right. the Evil Dead was like one vote neck away. And neck. It was neck yeah. and neck. And this is one of my favorites. So I was like, fuck yeah. Well, and you've been it. taking the horror reins. I know. I know. I have to take them back. Take it back. <laughs> I'm take it back. Taking it back. Girl. And I'm going big. Go. This is one of my favorites. 1981 horror film. If you don't know it, I don't. Uh, we we probably can't be friends. I'm so sorry. No, I'm just no. Then you're like, if you don't know it, let me introduce let you. Let me introduce you. We can watch it together. Yeah. As I stare at you to make sure you're watching every detail. Do you have uh, your Evil Dead shirt on? I sure do. Oh, yes. there you go. I came. I came correct. You came prepared. Okay, so it was written and directed by Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. Okay, the cast: Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams. Love it. Mm-hmm. Iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellen Sandweiss as Cheryl Williams. Betsy Baker as Linda. Teresa Tilly as Shelley. And Richard DeManicor as Scott. Wow. <laughs> wow. Good job. Good thank job. You, thank you. That was just really eloquent. Just rolled right <laughs> off of my tongue. Rolled right off the tongue. I'm getting good, guys. I'm getting good. <laughs> okay, so here's the rundown. Okay, give it Are to you me. Are ready? Yeah. Okay, five friends. Ash and his girlfriend, Linda. Ash's sister, Cheryl, uh, Scott, and his girlfriend, Shelly, are heading to a cabin in the woods of Tennessee for a break from their Michigan State University studies. Mm. Sounds like trouble. Sounds innocent enough, right? Sounds like the making of a horror film. Right. (laughs) They get to the cabin. There's some, you know, it seems a little spooky. It's literally in the middle of Mm -hmm. nowhere. It's Mm -hmm. like a little shack. (laughs) Shanty. Yeah. Um, They're all chilling, being, you know, college kids, getting, you know, having some fun. But Cheryl is kind of off on her own because she doesn't have a mate. She's doing her thing. She's okay. the fifth wheel. She's the loner. I know it well, Cheryl. I know it well. <laughs> As we just addressed earlier. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So uh, Cheryl's kind of off on her own drawing. Mm-hmm. She's just doodling away. Mm-hmm. When she hears a voice that says, join us, it's like whispering to her. 
in the trees. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what the fuck? Um, But suddenly her hand seemingly becomes possessed. Okay. It like turns white and all gnarly (laughs) and it just starts like going all crazy. Um, And it draws a picture of a demonic looking face on a book. Okay. Okay. And she's like, what the fuck? But she doesn't say anything to anybody. This is what kills me. Wouldn't you walk out and be like, dude, (laughs) what the hell? My hand just became possessed. No, she says nothing. All through dinner and stuff. I'm like, girl. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So later on, while they're eating and Cheryl's just sitting there being a dumbass, uh, the cellar door suddenly flies open. Okay. So the men, of course, go down to see what's up. To investigate. They're like, let's check it out. We're manly men. Let's go check this out. <laughs> mm-hmm. There they find a book called Notorum de Monto, which is later known as the Necronomicon, mm-hmm. Ex Mortis, okay, mm-hmm. and a tape recorder. This is what they find down there. Mm-hmm. Like dumbasses. <laughs> hey, let's play a party game. <laughs> let's listen. They play the recording, <laughs> and the book is creepy. Okay, yeah. the book is creepy. I guess I didn't say that. Um... And they play the tape recording, and out pops a bunch of incantations. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. which of course summons a bunch of bad shit. Of as soon as I started hearing like a spell or an incantation coming out of that thing, <laughs> I'd have been like, "Nope, throw it in the fucking fire." Close that book, bitch. Mm-hmm. So Cheryl is still messed up from what happened to her hand. <laughs> okay, she's still like, "Whoa," <laughs> um, and she decides to go out into the woods. Okay, maybe for some fresh air. I think she hears Back more. to the woods? Yeah. Cheryl. Cheryl. No. <laughs> Cheryl, no. That's not wise. Well, her hand became possessed in the room, so I guess she's like, well, <laughs> I might as well go out and investigate these noises. Mm. Um, but, of course, she is attacked by a possessed tree. Mm. <laughs> and I say attacked. If you know the movie, you're, I'm not going to mention it. She's really yeah. attacked mm-hmm. by this tree. Yeah. Um, that's your favorite part. I no, it's actually, I, I feel like every time I like click through the television or something and that movie's on, it is always at that part. Always. Mm-hmm, the girl on the tree. Yep. She's like, why? <laughs> every damn time I was watching it earlier, she's like, that girl on the damn tree. Um, but she is able to escape and she runs back to the cabin. Okay. Okay. She's like, please get me the hell out of here. But when they go to leave, they realize that the only bridge leading out has been destroyed. So they have to go back to the cabin. Hmm. Oh, shit. So the group is then playing cards. <laughs> what? Might as well chill. We can't get out. <laughs> Poor Cheryl's like, hello. Cheryl's like, I'm, I'm hitchhiking. Right. And Ash is like listening to more of the recording, trying to get, you know, what's going on here. Yeah. Okay. But then Cheryl becomes fully possessed. She starts like levitating and she's saying she's going to kill all of them. And here is where, like, the special effects makeup in this movie, the definition of camp. Mm -hmm. Like, it is so campy and goofy, but it still scares the crap out of me. It looks like some of the makeup jobs I gave you at Halloween. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, but, like, their voices go all weird, and it still creeps me out. (laughs) So Cheryl's, like, going crazy. She then stabs poor Linda in the ankle with a pencil. Oh, because she's possessed and she's like, yeah, "Ah," and she just stabs Mm, her mm, with mm, a pencil Mm. um, before they're all able to grab a hold of her and they lock her in the cellar. Mm, Okay, mm, (laughs) okay, so Linda down, she's down for the count. count. Cheryl locked in the basement, right? Okay, they're obviously all freaking out. Uh, Shelly goes to lie down in her room because she's overwhelmed. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> Understatement of the year. I can't handle this. I'm going to lie down. But oh, no. <laughs> a demon busts through and attacks her. Oh. Okay? Um, she, of course, then becomes possessed. But Scott is able to throw her into the fire. <laughs> And uh, he stabs her, and then he eventually dismembers her, because that's what you have to do. Was that his girlfriend? That was his girlfriend. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, so you have to dismember them and bury them. Oh. I think they learned that from either the book or the recording. Okay. okay? That's okay. how that's how you kill them. Right. So uh, as soon as you like start hearing <laughs> stuff like that, hmm, I might want to turn that off. Then. Shut it off. Yeah. Exactly. It's too late now. Too late. Okay. Gone too far. Now Scott is depressed because he just <laughs> had to dismember his, his girlfriend. girlfriend. Okay. So and Shelly's in the basement. Cheryl. Cheryl. Cheryl's <laughs> in the basement. But she's possessed. Well. Okay. Everyone's messed up at this point. So he goes to try to find a way out. Mm -hmm. But hello, the trees. Okay. And he gets attacked by the trees and has to rush back to the cabin. Oh, no. Okay. So now we have Scott, who has been attacked. Mm -hmm. Ash, who's just like... <laughs> He's there for the He's ride. He's just there to look good. Right. 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 Linda, who's attacked by the pencil, so she's yeah. down. Um, and Deadite Cheryl in the basement. She's Deadite. fully she's fully possessed. Yes. Okay. Uh those who are possessed in this uh you know, universe are called deadites. Deadites. We'll get to that. Okay. Okay. Uh Linda and Scott, because they were attacked by the demons, they both become fully possessed. So now everyone but Ash is possessed. <laughs> is possessed. Oh no. Um Ash is able to decapitate his loving girlfriend Linda, RIP. RIP Linda. RIP. Uh, and has a throwdown with Scott that causes him to bleed out and seemingly die. Okay? Alrighty. Cheryl, Cheryl, she's still there. She's still in the basement. <laughs> she's still alive kind of, but she escapes the basement oh. and attacks Ash. Oh no. But he throws the book that they found into the fireplace, causing all of the deadites to die and decompose. Okay. So destroying the book, and he destroys all of them. Okay. So now Dawn has broken. He's like wiping the sweat off his brow. He's like, I've made it through I've, the night. You know, I just decapitated my girlfriend. All my friends are <laughs> rotted on the floor. Woo, I'm going to go out and get some fresh air. But then we see this un, you know, this unseen force rush through the cabin and attack him from behind, and that's how it ends. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And then we also know there is a sequel. There's two sequels, mm -hmm. Army of Darkness and Dead by Dawn, right? Evil to, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, and then Army of Darkness. Um, and then there was a remake mm -hmm. uh, relatively recently. Fact check, Jake. What year was the remake? I'm going to get, hmm, let me guess. And then there was a series, right? Then there was a series. Evil Dead remake is uh, 2013. Oh, did you, what the fuck? Did you just see me get that? Dude, <laughs> 10 wow. points. 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, movies and shows in this, yeah. in this universe. universe. Yeah. Um, it's one of the most popular horror mm -hmm. franchisees. Mm -hmm. So my lesson, okay, we're going to talk about Books of the Dead. Yes. Right? Okay. okay. In the Evil Dead universe, mm -hmm. stick with me. It's called the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, which basically translates to Book of the Dead. Book of the Dead, <laughs> okay. yes. Um, it holds the power to summon and control deadites, which are undead spirits that possess people and feed on souls. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> Laura loves that this. That does not sound fun. <laughs> now. Um, it was created by the Dark Ones, which are creatures who used to rule the earth with magic. Hmm. Ooh. 
Um, it is bound in human flesh. Ew. That's why it has that goofy face because it's supposed to be like a face. <laughs> Ew. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's where they got the idea for the book for Hocus Pocus. <gasps> oh my God. What? Wow, I love that. Light bulb. Ding, in ding. My head. <laughs> a mashup? <laughs> uh, um, spells in the book include how to resurrect the dead, how to open a rift in time and space, and contains an all-around guide to demons. Ooh. Mm. Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, goes into the creation of the book and the history of it. Okay. If you are interested in this universe, it's cool, it's campy, it's fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I wanted to talk about kind of like the real Book of the Dead. Okay. Okay. So there's the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Yeah. This is really interesting to me. I had to learn about this in art school. (laughs) And I feel so smart. I feel so smart. Okay. So the Egyptian Book of the Dead is a collection of spells that guide a soul through the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Okay, it actually refers to a body of texts, not just one book, right. which I think people get confused. Mm-hmm. Um, book of the Dead is a name given to the text by Western scholars, uh, but it would actually roughly translate to spells for going forth by day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh, uh, it literally reads like a manual of what to do yeah. when you die. Ugh. The handbook for the recently deceased. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I wonder. I wonder wait, no, that... which came first? This one. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> mom! <laughs> I love all of these mashups. So, ancient Egyptians considered the afterlife to be an actual continuation of one's life, mm-hmm. and uh, it would require a long journey to get to a sort of like paradise. Right. So, obviously, this is more complex. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. giving you. I'm giving you the basics. Near the cliff notes. The cliff notes version. Um, So this book uh, gives detailed instructions on where to go, who to talk to, spells that will help you along the way to reach that paradise. Mm -hmm. Um, The spells, illustrations, and instructions were written on a papyrus. Mm -hmm. Papyrus. (laughs) Papyrus. Did I say it right? I Uh think it's papyrus, isn't it? Papyrus? Is it? Papaya. No, it's not. (laughs) I thought it was papyrus. I thought it was papyrus. Like paper. Yeah. It's like a type of paper. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I thought. Me too. Yeah, Fact check, Jake. Papyrus. Okay. What? Well, they don't call me fact check, Jake, for nothing. Okay. Well, <laughs> papyrus. I felt so confident saying papyrus. Damn it, Jake. Whatever. <laughs> it was written on papyrus. That sounds ridiculous. And placed in tombs mm-hmm. when someone died. So people and families actually started having custom ones made. For them. Interesting. Where the scribe would gather information on what the person or family's life was like and write specific spells for them in their book. But this started, like, it would come down to wealth. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So uh, if you could only afford a few chapters in your book, well, then you could get to that point in your afterlife. But then you were screwed (laughs) and had to figure it out on your own. So, like, the the rich, you know, they got the goods. They got the whole They got the whole shebang. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So spells include how to transform into specific animals, protection rituals, and how to get through the Hall of Judgment, 
which is where Osiris weighed your heart against a feather to test your worthiness. Oh, we talked about that in the Led Zeppelin episode. I know. Yeah, so, so interesting. It Really? Yes. Like, it's so cool. That is so cool. Isn't it? Yeah. It's so neat. We had to study the illustrations in some of my art history classes mm, uh, in college. They're so neat. If you have time, like, go, go look them up, and I want to dive into it further. Remember when we used to go to the museum when you were little and they had that whole Egyptian. In the Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. So neat. They had like all that cool Egyptian stuff. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So that's the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which is like, that's the biggie, right? The coup de gras. Yes. Right. So then you have the Necronomicon. Okay. Okay. Which is a real book. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's fictional, <All> right. <laughs> but I have to bring it up because that's like where this one was mainly inspired from, the okay. one from the Evil Dead universe. Um, but it's an H.P. Lovecraft thing. Oh, okay. I don't know a lot about H.P. Lovecraft. I know that it's really in-depth. Please don't come for me. Yeah. I'm not, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not an aficionado. That's Jake's lane. Yes. Um, so obviously also known as the Book of the Dead, mm-hmm. Necronomicon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it appears throughout a ton of H.P. Lovecraft stories. Okay. It's like a part of his universe. All right. Um, it is fictional. It's a fictional grimoire that contains spells and rituals, um, mainly summoning spells for gods and creatures in the Lovecraft universe. Oh, interesting. Yes, and Sam Raimi was inspired from Lovecraft stories okay. to create this book in The Evil Dead. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Right, so that's my lesson on Books of the yeah. Dead. Was this Sam Raimi's first film? Um, He made short films before oh, this. Oh, okay, so this was his. Yes, so that leads me to my fun facts. Oh, goody. So fun facts. Yeah, so The Evil Dead was based on a short film called Within the Woods that Raimi and Campbell made with their friends. Oh, okay. Okay, because Raimi was only 20 what? when shooting began on this film. Isn't You're that kidding. insane? Oh, my god! I feel like I have not achieved a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I miss my moment. Oh my god, what was I doing at 20? I don't even know. Oh man, listening to you know the serenade from my girlfriend. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> like, what was I doing? I could have been making some movies. Yeah, um, it was made on a very low budget, very low. It's like known for being made on a very low budget, and it only uh, they yes. only had 13 crew members. I was gonna say, have you seen it? You could, I mean, it's pretty hey, low budget. Hey. <laughs> But it's so, like, it is such a huge Mm -hmm. uh, movie in the horror universe. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, it's just, because it's scary as hell. Like, it really is. creepy. If if you don't like gory, like, actual horror movies, this one is not going to be for you. Because even though it's goofy and campy, it's still got some... It's creepy. It's creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really creepy. Makes me shudder just thinking about it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Stephen King actually endorsed the film in Ooh. 1982, giving it a big boost. Nice. Yes. Um, makeshift rigs, creative shots, low budget, special effects, makeup, etc. resulted in a campy as hell movie that now has a massive cult following. That it does, yeah. Yeah. Like they are, this movie is known for like Sam Raimi and the whole crew had mm-hmm. to get really creative and do some really interesting Mm -hmm. things and make their own camera rigs and do Mm -hmm. weird camera shots Mm -hmm. all on their own because they didn't have the budget yeah so it's like known for that so if you haven't seen it and you're gonna watch it for the first time keep that in mind yeah okay all that yeah that's interesting i mean hey props 
right? Yeah. And it's now like one of the most well-known mm-hmm. horror movies ever. It's one of my all-time faves. It's on my top five. Is it? It is. It's oh, probably nice. it's probably at number three. Okay. You know, Lost Boys is number one. I'd mm-hmm. have I'd have to think about what number okay. two is. I'll put it at number three. All right. All right. Okay. Um, it is not on my top five. No, she hates it, as you could tell. Um, <laughs> I would say we talked. I don't hate it. It's just creepy. It is. Um, I think we talked last week about like horror movie posters. Uh, I would say this has one of the most uh, iconic. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's on it my does. t-shirt. Even yeah. right now, it's the girl coming up from the yeah. dirt in the hand. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. It's a good one. And then I always think of Ash with the... With the uh, the chainsaw, the chainsaw. Yeah, I mean, they really <laughs> like made a cool franchise mm-hmm. out of it. It's a yeah. cool universe. Um, yeah, and so I thought that little lesson was cool about books of the dead tying in oh, there. I like that. That's Evil Dead, friends. It's a good watch around Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when you're snuggled up with your boo on Halloween, or no, on Halloween. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, I would prefer that <laughs> on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear the? <laughs> <laughs> the the subtle anger in her voice she's like when you're cuddled up with your boo <laughs> on Halloween <laughs> that's more like that's it that's more like it yeah alright friends that's the evil dead alright okay I'm a, am I up you're up to bat am I well kids strap yourselves in oh no I'm doing this is completely out of my wheelhouse okay yeah do you know what I'm doing? I do. <laughs> do you? This was a request. It was requested. Yes. yes. And so please don't come at me. <laughs> I am just, you know, I'm taking one for the team here. This was requested and I said, hey, any any opportunity for me to watch Benedict Cumberbatch? I'm on top of that, right? Yeah. yeah. So I am doing Doctor Strange today. How fun. I know. I know. So when it was requested, I had never seen it. Right. I still haven't. But right. you had. I had. So you're like, I'll take it. I'll take it. And again, I watched it because Benedict Cumberbatch was in it because I do I, love him. I yeah. Oh, I do too. <laughs> and but we're not real big super the superhero. <laughs> the su- yeah, is like the there? Marvel is he part of the Marvel He's universe? He's in the Marvel universe, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we have no idea what we're talking about. We're going to get in so much shit. Please don't come at me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Doctor Strange 2016, considered action fantasy, Ooh. American superhero film. Okay. Based on the Marvel comic book character of the same name, created by Stan Lee. Stan Lee. And Steve Ditko. Okay. I do love Stan Lee. All right. Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed... By Walt Disney Pictures. <laughs> oh, again, lore. I know. Given to it. Oh my. Lore loves Disney. <laughs> she loves it. Uh, budget one hundred and sixty. It was a budget of between one sixty-five and two hundred and thirty-six million. Uh. Box office six hundred and seventy-seven point seven million. <laughs> Holy crap. Wow. Whoa. Right? So Benedict Cumberbatch plays Dr. Stephen Strange. I love that. And Chiwetel Ejio for as yeah. Mordo. Okay. All right. Did I get it? I think you did great. Okay. Rachel McAdams plays Dr. Christine Palmer. Hmm. Benjamin Bratt plays Jonathan Pangborn. I had such a crush on Benjamin Bratt. Do you did remember you? that? In um, Miss Congeniality. Miss Congeniality. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Bratt. Uh, Benedict Wong 
plays Wong. Oh, that's convenient. Um, I'll probably butcher this name. Mads Mikkelsen plays Cassilius. And Tilda Swinson, Swinton plays Swinson. <laughs> Tilda Swinson. <laughs> Tilda Swanson. <laughs> Sister Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. <laughs> mashup. <laughs> Another mashup. Plays the ancient one. Okay. All right. So you haven't seen this at all. No. I hope you can follow this because this is pretty in depth. Is it? I have no idea what's there. There's about. so many different factors going on here. I couldn't keep track of everything. Uh-oh. Okay. okay. So the plot starts out in Kathmandu, the sorcerer, Cassilius, and his zealots enter the secret compound Kamar Taj. Hopefully I said that right. And behead the librarian. Oh, okay. okay. They steal a few pages out of an ancient mystical text belonging to the ancient one. She is a long-lived sorcerer who had taught every student at Kamartaj, including Cassilius, in the mystic arts. Okay. The ancient one pursues, but they escape. Okay. Son of a gun. That's that's the first scenario. Okay. Then we Move on over to New York City, where Dr. Stephen Strange, a wealthy, pompous Ooh. neurosurgeon. Oh, no. Is he a butthole? He, oh. he is a butthole. Bummer. Yeah. He severely injures himself in an auto accident, uh, specifically both of his hands, um, leaving him unable to perform surgeries, which absolutely Bummer. crushes him. And his asshole meter goes up. Oh, darn it. And after vainly attempting experimental surgeries to no avail uh, to heal his hands, um, his ha- asshole meter goes even higher. Seriously? Yes. He's not humbled by this experience No, he is not. No, okay. he's not. So he learns about a man named Jonathan Pangborn, who is played by Benjamin Bratt. Okay. Um, who is a paraplegic who mysteriously regains use of his legs. Okay. Gotcha. Pangborn tells Dr. Strange to go to Kamartaj, where he is taken in by Mordo, who is a sorcerer under the Ancient One, after giving him an attitude adjustment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he tries to, like, be an asshole to her, and she basically tells him. Yeah, she gives him an attitude adjustment and literally makes him astral project out of his body. And he's like, Oh, hello. You know, because he's like, yeah, you're going to teach me about chakras. And, you know, he's being like, mm -hmm. you know. So after the attitude adjustment, she decides, all right, I'll I'll teach you. Right. You know. Okay. I'll teach you my ways. (laughs) Young one. Grasshopper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He stutters. Stutters. He doesn't, but he does study, though. Okay, great. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Under the Ancient One and Mordo and from the ancient books in the library. Gotcha. That is now guarded by Master Wong. Okay. Since the other guy got beheaded. Oh, Mr. Wong, I would not want that job. (laughs) No. So we're getting a sense that the books in the library are pretty important, important, right? right? We're we're both talking about books again. Oh, (laughs) we always do that. I know. So Dr. Strange learns, you know, here he is. He's like, I just want to fix my damn hands. (laughs) But he learns that the earth is protected from threats from other dimensions, by a shield generated from three buildings called sanctums. 
<laughs> one is in New York, one is in London, and one is in Hong Kong. Okay. And you can directly have accessibility from Kamar Taj. So basically from Kamar Taj, you can reach into all of these all of sanctums. Them. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm following you. Okay. You following? Yes. All right. So the sorcerer's task is to protect the sanctum at all costs. So all of the sorcerers that she's teaching, all the mystical abilities is to guard these dimensions, these sanctums. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So, Dr. Strange, like I said, he's, he's like, like Damn, but my want, hands. I just want to do surgery. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, he's kind of like, mm, what the hell's going on here? Mm-hmm. And so, she explained to him, well, this is what happened to Pangborn. Like I Benjamin taught, Bratt? Yeah, Benjamin Bratt. Wink, wink. <laughs> okay. I taught him all of my ways, and instead of taking that magic and using it to protect like the world mm-hmm. at large, he chose to use it selfishly and, you know, make himself walk again. Oh, like ooh. he took all of that power internally instead of sharing, you it. know, mm, yeah. Bummer. So God damn it. Benjamin we, Bratt. You know, we, we know he serves then as like, a, you know, Oh, right. is that what Dr. Strange is going to do? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to take another route? <laughs> what will he do? What will he do? So, Strange learns very quickly, and he actually learns how to bend time with a um, a relic called the Eye of Agamotto. Okay. Okay. It looks like a big necklace that he wears around like his neck. Flavor, like a flavor flavor clock? Like a flavor flavor clock. Nice. It's like a big eye, and he can bend time with it. Okay. Um, Wong and Mordo warn him of breaking the laws of nature. And Mordo continuously through the movie tells him the bill will always come due. Like there are consequences to messing with this shit, mm-hmm. right? Don't so, want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. You certainly do not. Mm-hmm. And that's funny because actually Tony Todd was considered for one of the roles. Yeah. Oh, I love Tony Todd. So meanwhile, Cassilius uses the stolen pages to contact... Um, an entity called Dormammu. I hopefully I said that right. That's okay. who Tony Todd was up for the voice of this. Okay. Um, or we'll just call him the Dark Dimension. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Where time is non-existent. Oh shit. Okay. okay. <laughs> so he and his zealots attack the Sanctum in London and New York. Okay. Uh, Strange manages to hold them off. Okay. With his cloak of levitation. So earlier in his training, every one of the mystics has like a relic, like something cool. You right. Know? Like their special it's thing. like their special thing. Right. He goes, well, what am I getting mine? Yeah. You know? And he's like, the relic chooses you. Okay. And so if you haven't watched it, this cloak is, it's so cool. Like yeah. he, he's animated and, you yeah. know, he's got a personality. So it's very cool. Okay, fine. So he manages to, you know... Um, hold them off. Hold them off. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is wounded. Oh no, gravely injured. Wait, but does he have hands at this point? His hands are still not working, but okay. magically working. If that makes sense. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, like, could he do surgery? Probably not. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still there. I'm still concerned. So, okay. I know, right? <laughs> But he's gravely injured, and he ends up teleporting himself to the hospital 
because, you know, him and Christine, Dr. Christine, um, you know, had a thing going on mm-hmm. and he was such an asshole to her. Well. And uh, but he he um, goes there and has her like fix him up and astral projects out of his body to kind of tell her how to heal him so oh, he doesn't goodness die. sakes okay <laughs> <laughs> all right and she somehow is like not this is weird but all right i'm gonna go with dude if someone astral projected out of their body and was trying to tell me shit <laughs> i'd be like first of all back the hell i'd up. probably have shot my pants <laughs> second fall i'd be shorting myself I wouldn't just be like, okay, <laughs> sounds right. This is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Strange returns to the sanctum and reveals to Mordo that the Ancient One has been drawing power from the dark dimension. Mm-hmm. And that's how she has managed to sustain her long life. And Mordo then becomes very disillusioned by the Ancient Ones because she's, you know, Breaking the laws <gasps> of nature. Oh, no. A fight ensues, and Cassilius mortally wounds the Ancient One, and is both... <laughs> Strange gets her back to the hospital with Christine, who's like, what the hell, leave me alone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, and they both astral project out of their body, and they go to the veranda to look at the sunsets. <laughs> 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 and she basically tells him that he, too, will have to bend the rules if he wants to defeat Cassilius. Mm. And then the Ancient One dies. Tilda, Tilda Swanson. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. R.I.P. Ron Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Doctor Strange and Mordo arrive at the Hong Kong Sanctum. Okay. And they find Wong dead. What did I just uh, say earlier? I said, Wong, you don't want that job. Don't apply for that position. <laughs> okay, they should just shut that position How down. How much is the pay? Fuck. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Does it provide health benefits? <laughs> are, there health, are there health benefits? <laughs> Dental vision? Uh, oh my gosh. The sanctum is destroyed and the dark dimension is engulfing the earth. Oh dear. So Doctor Strange uses the eye to reverse time and save Wong. Oh, oh, okay. I feel better. I know. And then he enters the dark dimension. Okay. This is where I kind of got confused, but now I kind of get it. But see if you're following me here. Okay. He creates a time loop. Okay. And he goes and faces the dark dimension, who has like kind of a shape and a voice, right? Gotcha. And he basically tells him like, you know, we're on a time loop here, so we're, I'm going to keep doing this. You can do whatever you want to me, but I'm going to keep coming back. Ooh. And, you know, I'm here to strike a bargain. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, like you spend five or ten minutes watching him kill him on every which way to Sunday. And then okay. he just like comes right back to life and he's like, oh, I'm here to strike Hello a bargain. Again. Yeah. yeah. So finally the dark dimension gets like sick of him and he's like, what the heck do you want? He's right. like, I want you to leave Earth alone and I want you to take Cassilius and the zealots and get the hell out of here. Get the hell out. And he's like, okay, I'll do it just so I don't have to see you anymore. Right? Wasn't it? (laughs) All right. So disillusioned by Strange and the Ancient One defying nature's laws, Mordo renounces his sorcerer career and pieces out. So long. Strange returns the eye, takes up residence in the New York Sanctum, and continues his studies with Wong, and he lives to fight another day. So obviously we see him 
He doesn't selfishly use his powers. He doesn't. Now to go, Benedict Cumberbatch. You do it. And <laughs> you do it. Yeah. I mean, I actually liked him in this role. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much magical stuff happening, but it's so hard there was like so many different avenues. I couldn't keep them. Like, this is one that you would probably have to watch several times to, like, pick up all the nuances. And, of course, if you were an avid reader of the Doctor Strange comics, you would know all the ins and outs and the Easter eggs that they were leaving in the movie. But, you know, I did not Mm -hmm. uh, read the comic. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Oops, my Oops, bad. my bad. So, some fun facts. Okay. Stan Lee makes a cameo as a passenger on a bus. I love when he makes his I little know, cameos. I do, too. Okay. So, the character, Doctor Strange, first appeared in comic number 110 called Strange Tales in July of 1963. Okay. Stan Lee and Steve Ditko based his appearance on Vincent Price. <gasps> What? The character even bears the middle name of Vincent. Ouch, I love that. Isn't that cool? That's weird that you got this one then. I know. That's cute. I know. Um, Oh, speaking of Valentine's Day, I just ordered myself a Vincent Price t-shirt for Valentine's Day. From me to me. From me to me. You do it, girl. From Victoria Price. (gasps) Yeah, from his daughter. Oh, self-love. Self-love. And it's Vincent Price holding a heart, and I love it. Oh, precious. Okay. All right. So um, I I do not feel bad that this was like – I told you last night. I'm like, I didn't sleep very well last night. It was like all these stuff rolling around (laughs) in my brain. They actually had on the set a man named Adam Frank, who was an astrophysicist. Oh, boy. Who served as a consultant on the film. Woo! So. Well, that's cool. They actually, like, did their shit, though. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, The Ancient One hails from Shambhala. That's where she comes from. Okay. um, Which is in Tibetan Buddhist and Hindu traditions, Shambhala refers to a mystical, mythical land hidden in the Himalayan mountains. It means the source of happiness, and the belief is that a hidden army will arise out of Shambhala to restore the earth in the future. Right. Okay. So they did do some research um, in designing the Eye of Agamotto, Ditko. Uh, drew inspiration from the real-world charm, the all-seeing eye. Oh, cool. Which watches over humanity and protects from mm, evil. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I thought my lesson, since they uh, astral projected so many oh, damn cool. times, would be uh, to touch a little bit on astral projection. Love it. So the ancient one, when she gives him the attitude adjustment, she tells him she kind of like hits him like here with her hand and tells yeah and tells him to open his eye Mm. and then shoots him like out of his body. Right. Which is pretty cool. That is cool. So astral projection is defined as a term used in esotericism to describe an intentional out of body experience. Okay. uh, that assumes the existence of a soul. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Or a consciousness called an astral body. Okay. Okay. Uh, That is separate from the physical body and capable of traveling outside 
throughout the universe. Right. Okay. okay. Outside of the phys- that, physical body. I find this topic so interesting. It is, right? Yeah. So the idea that humans can leave their bodies during dream states is ancient. And people, including New Agers and shamans around the world, believe it is possible to communicate with cosmic intelligence through visions and vivid dreams experienced through astral projection or out-of-body experiences. Right. Okay. Um, Most experiences seem to occur during sleep or under hypnosis, but some people claim they can do it simply through relaxation. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn, you're like the shit. I know if you can do do that, that, right? Uh, So originally um, a private or somewhat religious practice, it has become in recent years kind of commercialized and is somewhat like big business. Right. Uh, You can attend seminars, buy videos or books on – I wonder if there's a book called Astro Projection for Dummies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure someone has made it. Uh, That promise to teach you how to leave your physical body and access other dimensions. However, as you would expect, the scientists – kind of pretty much poo-poo this. Right. Um, there is no way to measure scientifically, um, you know, if there is an existence of the soul and if it can travel outside the body. Well, so they yeah. all think it's pretty much a bunch of hocus pocus. Hocus pocus. Hocus pocus. Okay. Well, they poo-poo everything. Right. But. They do. But it's often also associated with um, hallucinogenics. You know what I mean? Um, And having out-of-body experiences. So mushrooms, um, ayahuasca, you know, all of those types of things. And we've talked about that, like, you know, tribal shaman, you know, having these tools. Well, yeah, the tools, but it's like a coming-of-age you know, type right, thing. Right, right. Uh, it's not like something you're like, hey, let me just drop some ayahuasca. Oh, but it's no, like it's something like a, they train for right. and it's, you know, bringing them from, you know, into it has manhood. A purpose. It has a purpose right. and somebody's there, you know, guiding them through right. it. But that's also like an astral projection type thing. Interesting. And, you know, a lot of times astral projection is also a sodi. Oh, my gosh, I cannot talk. A sodiated. So- <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Again. No alcohol, so we cannot. I love this yeah. so much. <laughs> um, associated with witches, right? You know, and, yeah. and and flying on the brooms because yeah. often in the stories you would read, where men would say women were witches because you know they were still in their beds, mm. you know, right? But they were off flying on their broomsticks. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and of course. I was always like, let me research this a little bit. And, you know, they're bringing in the whole phallus type thing on the broomstick. And then they're talking about flying ointments, you know, which we've kind of touched on a little bit. Yeah. Usually um, used with like an oil base, a salve or something like that. But belladonna was a big one Mm. that was used in flying ointments. And that would, you know, allow them to have the, the feeling that they were flying. You know what I mean? Okay. So under the hallucinogenic of the belladonna, it was as though they were flying. Leaving their body. They were leaving their bodies. Interesting. Yeah. So a lot of that like peyote, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that has a lot of people like leaving their bodies. So Interesting. I mean, there's so many different cultures that right. believe in it. And, you know, there are different ceremonies and different, you know, ways that they right. do that. But a lot usually through dream work. 
Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That is very, that is so fascinating to me. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. I mean, a lot comes down to meditation and, you know, yeah. Yeah. So love it. We did yeah. touch on it a little kind of it's it kind of goes with the hypnosis, mm-hmm. which we talked about a few yeah. weeks ago, yeah. like the opening the third eye yeah. and that kind of thing. That's yeah. interesting how yeah. that's all connected. Well, I thought it was interesting at the beginning of the movie um, and we've touched on this um, as well, but she talks about magic being energy yeah, right. because, you know, uh, if you haven't seen it, like they are able to wield energy forces with their hands. Mm. That's part of what she teaches. And it looks like a fire ring, you know, and then they can go in and out of the dimensions and, you know, so, um, you know, but we've talked about that, like energy, and then you're talking quantum physics. And that's why I found it interesting. They had the scientists, like it's very science related, even though, you know what I mean? Right. Because we're all energy, which is kind of the power when he was saying you can take it all for yourself mm. or you can use it because we're all part of each other. Energy is ever flowing. You know what I mean? Wow. So the yeah. energy she's giving to you to teach you, you can either or you be can selfish or share you can the love. Share the love. Yeah. Wow. So, Jeez, I'm so have many to magical it. things to touch on in there right you know my mind was going so many different places but it's definitely one that you're going to watch a couple times to try to i think like every time you watch it you'll pick new things right well i'm actually excited to watch it now and then he's like i'm not real sure because i again don't watch a lot of the comic stuff but he's in like I'm sure he's in other things. Yeah, like when they're all yeah, all it's together. a universe. The a Avengers, universe. right? The Avengers, yeah, well, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, look at you tackling a Marvel subject. I know you killed it. Did I? Yeah, that's really all cool. Right. Awesome. I'm I tried. Ac- I'm actually excited to go and check it out. You should. It's actually a really good movie. I really liked it. Yeah. 10 out of 10, Laura. Thanks, man. Woo-woo. And if you have experience with astral projection in any way, please reach yeah, out. I would sure. love, yeah, I would love to know yeah. like, what your experience is because yeah, I find absolutely. that super cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Way to go. Up top. Up top. Right on. All right. Well, you know what time it is. What time is it? It's time for Killer Quotes of the Week. Sweet. Okay, mine is, we all deserve morning sex and vegan pancakes. <laughs> I love that. Nice. Sent in by at Zara Attack. I can go for some vegan pancakes. Hell yeah. The sex in the morning? No. <laughs> TMI, Leanne. I'm, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> no. Yeah, me okay. neither. Your all turn. right. Mine, true magic is neither black nor white. It's both because nature is both loving and cruel all at the same time. From the craft sent in by at Lex Thompson. Oh. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Beautiful. I love it. Right. If you want to be next week's killer quote of the week, we normally, you know, put a little thing up on uh-huh. Instagram. So make sure to follow us there. Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet. Yes. Um, our Patreon. We've got a bunch of cool stuff on the Patreon. Bloopers, bonus videos where we just chat. We mm-hmm. do a live session every month with our Patreon people. Yeah. Uh, the upper tier gets an exclusive episode once a month. Mm-hmm. So please go check it out. All of the money that we earn from our Patreon goes right back into the show to get better equipment. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's all that really cool important. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so go check us out there. Yes. Uh, the link to that is in the show notes. Yes. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Yeah, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. Hell yeah. All right, yeah. guys. We'll talk to you next week. All right. TTFN. Cut, print, check, gate. Moving on.